to another episode of This Is A Man's World, She Who Dares Wins, and this episode I'm talking to my good friend, Dana Francis. Hello. Hello and welcome. I'm nervous because, you know, you're a, a podcast expert and um, I am the amateur, but welcome to the podcast. And I want to get started by just jumping straight in. Straight First question, uh, you were a steam fitter stroke pipe fitter. Can you tell me how you got into that trade? Steam fitter, pipe fitter, it was actually a series of unfortunate events. Uh, I used to work in construction retail for a long period of time. And I woke up one morning to find that someone had broken into my car. And the process of simply replacing the glass and missing a few hours of work financially set me behind that for like the next two months for that matter. And being so financially insecure, I'm like, I can't even afford a freaking glass replacement, let alone saving for RSPs or thinking about having a family. It just, it was depressing to know that I was in that financial state. So I heard about a program called Women Building Futures and they have a pre-trades training program that introduces women to trades. And I applied to the program, was accepted, and I just kind of went from there. I was originally trying to be a sprinkler fitter. Okay. That's uh, it's basically the people that install the sprinkler lines in residential and industrial buildings. And I just really in- love the idea of being able to save somebody's life with my trade. <laughs> so that was my trade of choice. Did you see a career in the trade then as being a way out of being, you know, something that financially could provide you with a good base for future? Um, And I say that in respect to a lot of women that I talk to from, particularly in the States, they see it as a very well-paid job that they would never have to depend on anyone else, whether that be a partner or family. Was that the case for you when you got broken into? And did you see that as, or, or was it literally like, I've got to find a career and this is what interests me? I knew from coming from a construction retail background that like I was working with guys that were in the trades all the time. And I was doing a lot of things like I was reading blueprints and I just knew that I enjoyed physical labor. Like I enjoy going home and being tired. I prefer the physical exhaustion to the mental exhaustion that often retail jobs seem to have. And yeah, it was just a matter of, I knew I needed to change something. Like I was going on 30 years old and I'm like, I can't be working these dead end jobs anymore and I can't afford to go back to school. So what options do I have? And that was, yeah, when I heard about women building futures and it just, it kind of clicked. I was like, you know, I've, I, I enjoy this. It just seemed like a natural progression. Yeah, and, and the women building futures, was that something that, so you, I take it you they completely trained you up in the trade and, and supported you as well to, to get where you needed to get to? 
basically it was like a pre-apprenticeship program. So they run a few different programs. They help women get into uh, operating heavy equipment or being heavy equipment technicians or class one drivers. But the program I took was called the Journey Woman Start Program. So it's not like they trained me specifically to get into the trade I ended up going into, but they gave you an introduction. So there's an introduction to sheet metal, electrical, plumbing, steam fitted pipe fitting, welding. It's really nice to hear about these initiatives happening all over the world in different countries. And I think some countries are moving forward quicker than others. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you like, do you think Canada is doing good things for women in trades at the moment? I feel like our province in particular is, and that's just because we have a lot of oil and gas industry here. So we've been through booms and busts where we've just simply, we've needed every hand on deck. So I think a lot of those initiatives and also there being maybe a little more resources in my province for these programs, it's, it's, it's slowly getting there, but it's kind of... You need money to run these programs and you need interest. And sometimes that's just harder in other countries. Like I know from a cultural perspective that there's some countries where it's not accepted that women might want to work in these industries or that's considered unfeminine or... Yeah, yeah, I know you're right. It depends a lot on attitudes and, and like you say, finances. Um, I think in the UK at the moment, a lot of effort's been put into apprenticeships and to just trying to encourage girls through the media, uh, which is positive. Um, it's, yeah, and I, and I think I'm seeing a lot of, like you say, there's a lot of women in Australia and there seems to be a lot of initiatives where uh, women are getting into trades and being supported once they're in the job. So it is, yeah, it's super positive to hear. Um, so I'm glad that Canada's on board. You Canadians always seem to be doing the right thing anyway. <laughs> well, I definitely feel like the training and the, the sport is starting to be there, but it still has to come from the employer. Like it's one thing to say that, oh yeah, we employ women, but it's like, what are you doing to making sure that they don't leave? It's one thing to put all this money into training women, but it's another thing to put the money into making sure that these are stable and long-term career choices for them, not just temporary fixes to making sure that women that get into the trades are not scared out of them. Or it's not just a temporary financial solution that, that these are long-term careers for these women. Just going back to your story, so a lot of women that I speak to are probably around the age of, you know, 30, 35, and they've been in the industry and they're looking, thinking, am I going to be able to stay in the industry and have kids? You actually started um, at 30, which is incredibly brave. What was kind of going through your head when you started out on this new career? I think you can pretty much start at any age. There is a few women in my One Buildings Futures class that were actually in their 40s. So 40s. And I've even heard of some of the women being in their 50s. So, I mean, it's never too late or too early to start. And I totally just forgot the question. <laughs> no, no, that's good. Like, I was like yeah, telling you to put your ages and where it belongs. No. <laughs> that's good. No, this is good. Because I think there's a fear, a general fear amongst some women that 
once they get into the career and then they want to start a family, if, you know, can they stick the career? Will they be pushed out of the industry? And yeah, it's never too, it's never too late. And oh, I've lost my train of thought there as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll stick, we'll stick with the, um, with the line of, it doesn't really matter what age you are. You're right. Um, going into a trade and, and retraining can be scary at whatever point in your life. In some ways, there's advantages to it because your self-confidence is a little higher in your 30s than like, I don't think I could have done this in my 20s because I've had so many men try to sway me from doing, I think I would have been easily dissuaded from pursuing it when I was younger. And then there's also like, I don't think young Dana would have been a very good example of a exemplary tradeswoman. I like, I, I don't know. I was a little bit of trouble in my twenties. I, you know, went out and drank a lot on the weekends and I, I, I'm a lot more mature now, which I think makes me a good fit for the trades. Cause you'd, you do have to be able to navigate a lot of social situations at work, whether it be your coworkers flirting with you or being able to stand your ground when somebody is putting you down. Right. And we, t- and we talked about this previously when I was on your podcast and um, it still intrigues me. It's a question that I get asked. Does it take a certain type of woman to survive, you know, a trade and and be in the construction industry? And I always ask myself, is it just you and a few others or, you know, can everyone do this? What are your thoughts about that? I think there's some people that just don't like physical labor and don't like getting dirty. And I I got nothing against those people. Like they're both men and women alike. I know there's guys that don't like to get their hands dirty. My foreman's one of them. He wears like these little, uh, he wears the latex gloves under his gloves so that when he's reading (laughs) and he's always making fun of me because I'm just like, I am a hot mess. Like I look like I should be working in a coal mine because I just, I, I always touch my face, which is like the worst thing to do when you're in the trades. But I I think it's, there's certain personalities that thrive in the trades and it's being able to take control constructive criticism like I'm always like I don't ever want to think that there's not room for improvement so if you're the kind of person that you think you're hot shit and can't do no wrong that maybe <laughs> maybe you won't do so great in this trade and it has nothing to do with gender it's personality Being on site, do you think over the years you've had any special treatment for being a woman? Definitely. I think sometimes guys can be a little nicer to you, like less likely to yell at you or um, wouldn't say from the discipline point of view, like I still get in trouble for doing things, but I think they're more likely to help you. Like if there's something heavy and you physically need help lifting that object, that they're more likely to help you. But at the same time, I feel like it's a double-edged sword because a lot of the time when you ask for or receive help or any sort of special treatment, then it's like they're reaffirming that you're not supposed to be there, that you're not strong enough, that you're not smart enough or... 
I, I, I find that a lot of the times guys will tell me things about other girls on site. They'll be like, oh, well, she can't lift this. And should she really be here? So I just like, I immediately know that they're probably saying the same shit about me because I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about that before, but that's quite interesting. Yeah, don't let, you, yeah, don't let your ego get in the way. <laughs> if guys are saying shit about yeah. other women, they're probably saying shit about you too. <laughs> I was deluded. Now you just crushed my world. <laughs> I thought I was amazing. And then I talked to this Canadian and then I realized that, oh, it's not all maple syrup. <laughs> I see so many other supportive women in trades and we're all connected via social media. But actually on site, I take it you've worked with other women on site. Oh, totally. And what's what's the atmosphere? Because I've never I've never actually worked alongside another woman. What you know? What is it like? Is it supportive? Is there a little bit of backstabbing? Is it kind of like dog eat dog? You've got to survive yourself, or you know, how do you find it working with other women? I found at the start of my career that there wasn't a lot of other women. So a lot of the times I was like the only one or maybe one of two on the entire site. So I never worked directly with those women. And for the most part, I I don't know, I feel like we were supportive of each other. And then when I started working up north, there tended to be a few more women. And it's kind of hard because you see some women and... I don't know. Men are easy. If you're wearing yoga pants, they're going to be checking you out. (laughs) Like I just like it for me, it's always been about safety. So I kind of get irritated when I see people disregarding that, you know, at the very least wear jeans because things can Mm -hmm. cut you and uh, is so, but at the same time, I don't know. When I was in Women Building Futures, it's kind of, there was the attitude that, you know, don't wear makeup, don't be feminine, don't wear anything pink and try to hide the fact that you're a woman. And now that I've been in the trades longer, I just find myself... I'm the same for the last 12 years, not, you know, wore makeup on site and blended in with the guys. And now that I'm seeing more women in the trades, I start to question myself and think, actually... Should it be this way? Uh, I've worn makeup in the past and just a tiny bit of mascara and it's like created a hoo-ha and people say, oh, don't you look different? And oh, haven't you made an effort today? And it's sad. And I think the older you get, you just think, oh, screw them. I'll do whatever I want to do. I'm not going to stop being me. But I imagine it's quite hard for younger people coming in to, to navigate that and it's a shame really and and also what you have to take into account is what we do is dirty work yeah you don't so want to be wearing a lot of makeup yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm a hot mess without makeup I got all sorts of like smoky eyes going on and it has nothing to do with makeup <laughs> yeah no you're right um my you know I wear um a mud pack face mask every day <laughs> <laughs> exfoliating my skin is tingling oh wait no that's chemicals that accidentally splashed on me Uh, I just I don't know it's it's really hard like at the beginning of my trade I felt that it was important to not be feminine but like the further I, I get in and I'm seeing women that have been in the trades for like 15, 20, 25 years and the kind of treatment you get at the beginning is still what you're going to get treated 
even after you have a lot of experience under your belt. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. I've just stopped caring. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to put my Wonder Woman rainbow sticker on my hard hat. And if you don't like it, you can just... Mm. Do one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then say that, yeah, do one. Like it. Yeah, and that's refreshing. I think I think that's where I'm trying to get now. I, I think I've yeah, I'm probably at that point too, to be honest with you. Um a little bit more vocal <laughs> than I should be. <laughs> but it's, it's quite nice. It's just zero Fs left to give. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you totally get to that point. And to be honest, I think that's a little bit respected by guys. From that respect, would you say to anyone coming into the trade, you know, they're in their 20s, would you say to them, embrace, be yourself, don't blend in? It's hard because it's, it's, it's always going to be hard when you're new to the trades. Like it's for men as well. It's just there's so much to learn. You're the newbie on site. You're more likely to get injured. So there's a lot of foremans and superintendents and lead hands that just kind of don't want you there to begin with. So when you are sticking out in any way, it's like one more strike against you. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's really hard. Like Maybe just keep a low profile till your three months probation is done. (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah then bring out your personality and whatever you want to wear on site yeah survival that's what I think what it all comes down to yeah I think so long as if you're keeping safety in mind that what you are wearing or doing is in no way jeopardizing your own safety then yeah go for it you good to be one of the questions that I present you was um you know do you have a story of something funny that's happened to you on site over the years? There's been so many things. It's like you just have to be able to laugh at yourself. The first story I could think of was one time I was going up to the office to speak to my foreman and this was at the end of the day. So I was kind of like changed out of my work gear and I didn't realize it, but I wear some pretty awesome granny panties to work because (laughs) (laughs) it's like, it's work. I'm not wearing nice clothes to work. I don't got no thong or G string. Like don't be fantasizing. (laughs) I totally got my granny panties on and I didn't realize it, but I had like accidentally tucked them above my (laughs) t-shirts. I went into the office with all these, you know, like, Ooh, makeup and fancy suits. And I (laughs) sit here with my underwear tucked over me shirt and it's just still like I, I look back and I smile I'm like wow I must have really inflated their egos that day to see this like hot mess of a woman with her granny <laughs> Oh, I, I think it's just there's like so many stories so they saw this hot mess of a woman and do you think they um they were, yeah do you think they were impressed or scared they were hiding a laugh and I couldn't figure out why until after I left the room. <laughs> it's like, why are these people so amused? I don't understand. Was, yeah, I don't know. I just, I find, I got to try to find a way to laugh at myself every day because if not, I'm just taking my job too seriously. And I mean, there's lots of things you should take seriously. Like I take 
quality of my work serious and safety seriously. But, you know, if I make a mistake, I'm going to be the first person to admit to it. And then not only that, I'm going to try and make sure that other people learn from my mistake. So if I'm teaching someone else how to do something, I'm like, well, don't do it this way. (laughs) Been there, done that. It looks ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I found it hard when I had an apprentice. I was doing things and then saying to him, but don't do it this way. <laughs> this is the shortcut way. I was probably like the worst teacher. Um, <laughs> I'm going to interject on your granny pants story because that really has tickled me. Um, I, you just reminded me, I actually pulled up for a meeting on site once and uh, took my jacket out the back of the car and it had Velcro on the hoodie. And for some unknown reason to me, there was one of my bras in the back of the car. I think I'd been on a weekend away somewhere and it'd fallen out of my bag. And as I went into the meeting, someone peeled it off uh, my jacket and handed it to me. And I was mortified. I was just, and this is like 10 construction workers. And I, I just didn't have any words. I was just, I, I was mortified. So knowing that you were in your granny pants has made me feel a whole lot better. Yeah, good old granny panties. Uh, yeah, I wore, when I was pregnant on site, I wore my husband's boxer shorts every day. Hmm. I was like, this is comfort. <laughs> this is, you know, keeping everything warm. <laughs> Speaking of bras, I remember there is, we have, we call them JLGs. It's like aerial work platform. But it was, re- in winter, we have like a lot of packed snow and it's just like a bumpy minefield. And there was one day that I wasn't wearing a particularly supportive bra and I had to drive this machine and I was sitting there with like one arm over my chest because the ladies are just like, woo, woo. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's too many men on site. Please, please go back to where you belong. <laughs> oh, I love that. It makes me think that it must be I feel really like, I feel for men when they're driving that and it's really bouncy because I was like, man, they got, well, maybe they don't got tits, but they got balls that are just like, bloop, 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 bloop. Canada. It's notoriously cold. Uh, I was in Canada last year or the year before and it got down to like minus 40. I feel like I can't ever moan about British weather. How do you survive? I don't know. I think your guys' weather is worse in some ways because you have the humid cold and that just gets straight into your bones. It, it, it's it's definitely difficult. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, I just, I find myself not wanting to go on site when it's cold, like using every excuse under the book to stay hooked to the radiator. So... I, I, yeah, I just wouldn't be able to work in, in your area. It's, in some ways, it's easier to deal with the extreme cold than it is the extreme heat because you can bundle up and you can wear extra layers for the extreme cold. The only disadvantage being that it's very difficult to have manual dexterity with your hands when they're in proper gloves so it's really just a matter of you have to we have like little hot packs that you can put inside your gloves that really help i've used those a lot in the winter time but yeah you can dress up for the cold you can't dress down for the hot and that's been oh my god i i you're sweating you feel like you're gonna faint and there's been lots of situations especially in live plants where you know it's plus 30 some degrees outside and then on top of that you're in a plant that's running it's like trying to function in a sauna
the last time we spoke on the podcast, we touched on um, bears and bear experiences. And I remember you said that's something you might come across on site. Is that the case? Yeah, definitely. When you're up north, that's why you have to be really careful not to bring food onto site. And it always kind of irritates me when people don't follow that rule because I don't want to get mauled by a bear. It did happen on one site. And we also have cougars too, which those guys kind of scare me a little more because the cougars, like the bears, you kind of have an idea that they're coming for you. But there's training and we have bear spray. And one site I was at, they had bear dogs. So whenever we had a bear come out on site, the this guy with the truck full of dogs would come and he has the big stick and basically he just yells at the bear and hits it with the stick while the dogs are chasing it away because yeah I mean that's their natural habitat so we can't tell the bears to move (laughs) wow yeah that's amazing um I have no idea what I'd do if I saw a bear that ain't something you guys have to work with um, yeah, that's pretty cool. We're for the most part, I haven't had any personal encounters. It's just I've been in areas where they've been and heard about other guys having to deal with them or being out in campsites. They like to come and visit the garbages, even though we try to keep them locked up and undercover. They're 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 attracted to food, especially in the winter. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be I'd be eating straight away because there's always a chocolate bar in my pocket. <laughs> I'd be. I'd be eating straight off the bat. <laughs> I shouldn't say winter. They hibernate. Oh, such a silly Canadian. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> usually in like the fall and the spring is when you got to be careful because they're most hungry at those times because they're just coming out of hibernation. But yeah, it's the cougars you have to deal with in the winter, not the bears. So how are things for the trades at the moment in Canada? The economy in my province right now is not doing so hot. So even though there was a lot of job opportunities before in mod yards and in fabrication shops in town, because we were supplying a lot of the plants up north, now that work is kind of dried up. So I've actually taken on a second apprenticeship as a welder and currently working in a structural steel fabrication shop. So as a steam fitter, pipe fitter, unfortunately, a lot of the work is still up north and just that doesn't jive with being a parent anymore. And the few jobs that are available in town, the hours that they run is I just I couldn't do it even if I wanted to take the job just because the daycare hours aren't conductive to being able to take those jobs. Being being a mom, um, like I, you know that I've become a mom this year, and trying to navigate getting back into construction, it was always something that I was worried about. And and obviously, you've had to adjust to you know start welding to find a, a slightly different career. Can you see that changing in the future? really hard because I think that's the way the construction industry has always kind of been that it's up and down there's booms and there's busts so I definitely tell people if you're not good with money (laughs) it's maybe not the best trade for you or the best career option because there are like sometimes there'll be six months of work and you'll be working like 12 hour days and then there'll be a three month slowdown so it's really there definitely are jobs that are consistent and stable but those ones don't pay quite as well so it's really 
hard to say. And I feel like I've just kind of jumbled on and I completely forgot the question. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fine. You were completely on point. Um, So how do you navigate being a mom and, like you say, working towards a new career and working in an industry that does demand at times 12-hour days? Do you find that you're sacrificing a fair amount or are you making it work? I'm really lucky in the sense that where I work now, I work a condensed weekend shift. So I work 12-hour days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then if I work the full shift, I get a four-hour premium. So it's like I'm working 40-hour weeks. It's just it's very condensed and exhausting. But at the same time, it is so awesome for childcare because... I get to be, you know, home Monday through Thursday. And then my husband takes our daughter to daycare on Fridays. So he's definitely had to cut back on his overtime on Fridays to be able to take our daughter to daycare. But he's at a long-term job where they're supportive of him. So we're, we're really lucky in that regards. I have, my husband works in the trades, so he's very understanding to the challenges that it presents. Okay. That's good. And is it something that you're condensed work in? Is that something that your employer did because you are a mom or is it just something that naturally you are allowed to do if you're in the trade? This has kind of been a result of the recession. There's now, there's next to no overtime, but what there is now is usually a week shift, which runs Monday through Thursday, 10 hours a day. There's a night shift that runs 10 hours a day, Monday through Thursday, and then there's a condensed weekend shift. It's just shops being smarter and utilizing the space better and having more people. Like you're heating that shop regardless. You're paying rent on that shop regardless. You might as well be as close to using it 24-7 as humanly possible. And that's what a lot of the shops here in town have discovered with this slowdown. And that's good because that's totally worked out for you. Sounds like the perfect solution. And I think it works out for a lot of people because, you know, some people are morning people, some people are night people, and some people are parents. (laughs) Something that uh, the guys suffer with as well with childcare, it's, you know, I meet a lot of single dads who have their kids for half the week and they struggle to get off the shift. Totally. It's really sad that in our industry, it's kind of the accepted norm that you have to do 12 hours or work lots of overtime and that's just kind of the norm of the industry because like I don't know back in my dad's generation that's how people were able to have you know stay-at-home parents was that the one parent worked their butt off to be able to financially afford that so yeah and if and things have got to change haven't they I think um yeah, it's it's finding balance and we're so far mm. from a solution. A lot of the guys I work with work two jobs <sighs> or a lot of the guys I work with, they oh, take well. care of their child throughout the week and then work all weekend. So it's exhausting, I think, for most of us. And it's also kind of scary when people are working two jobs because then you know that they're not getting proper rest breaks and they're not letting their body heal. Because, you know, there's a lot of repetitive motions and strains that your body needs time to heal in between. And not only that, we work in a dangerous industry. So 
you really need to have your wits about you. I found that since my sleep has been massively reduced since being a new mom and then going out on site and having people scream at you and you're having to do things that are quite critical. Uh, you realize how much you need to sleep. I worry about a lot of new mothers, like especially in the States where they don't have any form of, well, unless their company provides it, any sort of maternity leave. Like it's a f- serious physical endeavor to bring a child into the world and a lot of women come out of it with injuries and like I know I had to go to physical therapy for the better part of six months because of all the damage that was done to me in the birthing process and it's just it scares me to think of these women you know going back to work when they're exhausted they're anemic because they've lost blood they're still recovering from c-section scars it just it's it's not safe and I feel like the industry needs to acknowledge that as parents, whether it be the mother or the father, they, they're not getting proper sleep and not getting proper sleep is you're working impaired. Last and final question. Um, I know you're passionate about diversity and inclusion in any trade. Um, I'm going to give you free reign on this. Do you think we'd do it? Do you think the industry is going in the right direction? Do you think there could be more done? Like, what are you doing to help inspire others? Yeah, just an open book (laughs) for you to discuss your your passion. I just, oh, it's so hard because there's still so much, there's so much diversity in the trades that Sometimes it's easier for certain demographics to succeed and others to be put further down. I think pretty much any time if somebody's using a derogatory term, it's either against women or against uh, the LGBTQT community. Like it's yes, it's like you never say, "Oh, you saggy testicle sack." Like you never say anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're always yeah. calling, you know, people by um, women parts, or calling them yeah. a girl, or calling them a princess, or oh, you know, like. I have to like bite my tongue here a few times because it's like there's a lot of sexual terms that at the same time like I'm like a child so I have the humor of a 13 year old boy going through puberty like it's really hard to say penetration without me going (laughs) 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 but it's like you know it's, it's the harmless it's kind of hard to say where the, the it goes from being the harmless humor to degrading somebody yeah. else. Uh, for the, uh, yeah, for someone's enjoyment and like you say, um, at someone else's expense, it's it's not fair, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's off hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, I have one final question for you. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot here. To any other women or girls out there who are thinking about a career, either in welding or in uh, pipe fitting, what advice would you give them? Basically, when it comes to any of the trades, just be open to any opportunities where you can get the door open. Because I've met a lot of young women that they're like, I want to be a welder. And they're just like so single focused that they can't see that there's other trades out there that 
like once you get your foot in the doors in a trade, you're still going to learn. You're going to learn how to use a tape measure. You're going to learn to use how how to use hand tools, read blueprints. Like don't don't set your sights on one goal because then you're kind of you're closing the door on so many other opportunities. I've been like steam fitting, pipe fitting wasn't my first choice. It wasn't even in my top five, but it's opened up so many opportunities for me. So just, just get your foot in the door. And once your foot's in the door, make sure you're holding the door for someone else because that's what we need. We need women that are supportive of each other in this industry. Some excellent advice there. And that brings us nicely to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for being a guest, Dana. Awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you got on the go. I'll let you go. Awesome. Thank you for joining me. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to download and listen to this episode of This Is A Man's World, She Who Dares Wins. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to support the podcast, please head over to our Patreon page where you can grab yourself some extra bonus goodies. Don't forget to check out the This Is A Man's World blog where you can get show notes on every episode, where you can read exclusive blog posts from myself and check out our merchandise. It's www.thisisamansworld.co.uk. If video's your thing, then why not head over to This Is A Man's World YouTube channel. You can hit subscribe there and watch a load of videos of me out on the construction site. Or go ahead and follow me on Instagram. If you're listening to this podcast via the Anchor app, then please go ahead and leave me a voice message. I'd love to hear from you and I'll be answering all questions on a special Q&A podcast. Thanks for listening and see you soon.